This is People Every Day. Coming up, OnlyFans confirms that sex really does sell. Inside the controversy over the hit social media platform and its NSFW content. Plus, from Britney's bow to Eric Stone Street's not-so-young love, a fun-filled Hollywood romance roundup. It's August 26th. out there. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. It is Thursday. The headlines are pouring in, but today I want to start off talking love and relationships, or as we like to call it in the magazine, heart monitor. So my husband, Doug, and I just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last weekend. 10 years, a dog, two kids, and about six moves under our belt. I love all of it except that last part. I am so tired of moving, you guys, but I can't believe it's been a decade. Time truly flies when you are having fun. But enough about my relationship. There's so much happening in Hollywood's love department. So let's jump right in. First, modern family actor Eric Stone Street, who I love, is responding to critics who are saying he's too old for his fiancee, Lindsay Schweitzer. The actor announced on Instagram this past Sunday that the pair got engaged and the comments started rolling in. So to hit back at the haters, Eric reshared photos from their engagement announcement and appeared to add wrinkles to Lindsay's face, making her look older. He captioned the post, Apparently, a lot of people think I look too old as a 49-year-old man to be engaged to my almost 42-year-old fiancé. Look, she can't help that she looks so great at 42, and I can't help that I apparently look like her granddad. So, (laughs) I fixed it for everyone. Hitting back at the haters with a little humor. I love it. Well, I also have to get into Lizzo. My girl Lizzo, I love this one. When she stopped by Jimmy Kimmel Live this week, she told guest host Niall Horan that she She indeed heard from Drake following her new single, Rumors. If you haven't heard it, there's a line in there that says, no, I ain't F Drake yet. (laughs) Lizzo told Niall, actually, I have heard from Drake, but that's all I'm going to say on that. Come on, Lizzo. You know we all want to know more. But also, whatever happened to her crush on Chris Evans? (laughs) I am definitely shipping Drake and Lizzo, though. Or should we call them Drizzo? (laughs) Okay, time to dig in. I am so glad to be joined by People Editor Adam Carlson. Hey, Adam. Hey, Janine. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Okay, first things first. What do you think about Drizzo? Are you shipping Lizzo and Drake? I mean, I work at People Magazine, so I ship any two talented hot people who might want to be in a relationship. (laughs) But if I can do a throwback, I still carry a candle for Drake and Rihanna. Um, What? We all remember. I know. Way back. I'm really, I'm really dating myself. I feel like ASAP Rocky um, be darned. (laughs) (laughs) ASAP, don't listen to this, please. But um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm here for Drizzo and all ships. I love it. I love it. So, okay, this next story uh, to wrap up our relationship roundup is coming out of Belgium. <laughs> you got to you got to stick with me on this one. A woman named Adi Timmermans has been banned from the chimpanzee exhibit at Antwerp Zoo following her quote affair with a chimpanzee named Cheetah. <laughs> so Adam, this story definitely caught my eye and per Newsweek, Adi said, "We're having an affair, I'll just say." Yeah. Wow. So th- that's a pretty bold statement to make, but actually The affair she's referring to is simply a weekly visit for the past four years. But it looks like their bond between the two, you know, is affecting how the chimp relates to the other chimpanzees, hence the ban. So so what did you think when you first heard this story? Did you have sympathy for her or the zoo or the chimp? I don't know. 
I was I was trying to think of what is the word that mixes like confusion <laughs> and um, worry and like a little bit of like shock. Um, I mean, I, I was reading through what this woman has said. You know, she's given some interviews about her bond and her words with this chimpanzee. And it's like. I want her to go and find like a knitting circle or a book club um, where she can learn more about chimpanzees and maybe doesn't interfere with their ecosystem. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, best of luck to the chimp reintegrating with his, with his group. It sounds like uh, that was a real issue for the zoo. So, and best of luck for her. It sounds like she, um she needs some friends. Yeah. She said, this is all I have. That's what she said in one of the, the interviews. Aww, so I am with I mean. you. I think there needs to be something that, that eighty can have to to go to. They they only passed waves and kisses, um, and that was still too much for the zoo, who said that yeah, like this is affecting um, the other chimps. They don't really like when you know there's someone who's just engaging too much with humans, and so he's kind of getting ostracized by the clan, the group. So so this is for this is for both of their best interests, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears to the world of TV. Remember the show Even Stevens with Christy Carlson Romano and Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, no, I love that we're continuing our throwback theme. First, uh, Brianna and Drake, and now a Disney Channel original Boom. from 20 years ago. My I favorite. loved Even Stevens. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it was such, such good, sugary, sweet TV. So the show went off the air in 2003, but Christy is speaking out about her relationship or lack thereof with Shia, who played her on-screen brother in the show. So so let's remind everyone a little bit about Even Stevens. Like, what was what was the premise? So Even Stevens ran in the early 2000s, for those of you who did not uh, watch it every every week like me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's about a family, and Shia is the youngest of three siblings. And basically, he played the wisecracking, scheming, kind of like goofy one. And then Christy was his perfectionist older sister, and it followed hijinks. Mm-hmm. And lessons and bonding and the whole thing. And then, of course, we got a great um, we got a great Disney Channel original movie at the end in the true vein of Lizzie McGuire, which I love. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and that's even Steven. So uh, and then we all know what happened to Shia after that. Yeah. I mean, he's had a very complicated run. But Christy always gets asked, like, do you guys keep in touch? Do you guys still talk? And she apparently said, everybody always asks me this question, if we're still in touch, if we're still friends. To be honest, I don't even really know if we were ever really friends, but we were co-workers. We had this sort of like very good on-screen chemistry. So what else did she have to say about Shia? You know, she said that there was a little bit of um, tension between them career-wise. She openly admits that she didn't follow his career after even Steven when he became this big movie star because Mm -hmm. she she felt like she wasn't given those same opportunities. There's a lot of, yeah. Oh, and the part about him not, you know, thanking her when he won the Emmy. That was really interesting. You always, when you see people running through that list of names and Uh, for, you know, when you're, you're watching it as a journalist or even as a fan, you're just like, okay, get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. But that is important because that can like (laughs) leave some, some long lasting hurt. She said that, you know, he thanked everybody but me. I mean, and this is a speech from from many, many years ago that Christy has clearly still remembered. It clearly yes. affected her. I mean, you know, she carries a lot of memories and a lot of impressions from working with him. I appreciate that she's being so open about it. You don't often hear 
actors be so open about their experiences with their coworkers. I love it. I love it. And she did say, um, you know, Shia, if you see this, know that I love you. I'm sorry that we didn't connect more when we were kids. And I really do hope that you are taking it one day at a time. Say hi to your mom for me. She's a wonderful lady. Be well, because I'll always love you. So, you know, kind of kill kiss. I I like that. Next up, Adam Carlson and I dig into the OnlyFans controversy and why it involves sex workers, bankers, techies, and more. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, Adam, now it is time to talk tech, or no, talk sex. Actually, both. (laughs) Only fans, a platform where creators receive money from fans who subscribe to their content, has been making headlines all week. The social platform is most well-known for its NSFW content. In other words, not safe for work content of the adult persuasion. So just last week, they released a statement saying they will no longer be allowing sexually explicit content basically their bread and butter on the platform. But due to the backlash from content creators and subscribers, yesterday they reversed this ban. There is a lot to unpack here, Adam. So let's start with a deep dive on the platform. What is it? Who uses it? And how does it work? Right. So, okay. So uh, OnlyFans was founded in 2016. And even in these five short years, it has amassed an enormous business. It's a subscription business, like you said. Um, uh, Basically, what it boils down to is that you can create an account and then you can sell essentially any kind of content that you want. And then fans can pay you various tiers to access the content you might sell. It could be photos. It could be videos. Um, it can really run the gamut here. And OnlyFans is doing billions in sales. They did $2 billion in sales last year alone. So there's a huge business for this. They're not the only platform that does this. Patreon is a, a similar subscriber website. But yeah, like you said, they're they're most famous for the many, many people, including celebrities and a lot of normal people who sell essentially racy or very explicit sexual content. Yes. On the site. So I was, I was wondering, like, is it Pornhub adjacent? Like, is it <laughs> in that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of what was stirred up in this controversy the last few days is they have really stepped into the spotlight. Um, They were looking for big financial backers. And in looking for those financial backers, a lot more people started to pay attention to the explicit content on the site. And when I say explicit, it's often 
very explicit. Yes. Um, and and it's you know legal in a lot of places for this this you know sexually explicit content to be sold, basically. But I mean, you're looking at a lot. A lot of different stuff. I let people Google if they want to go on their own odysseys. But um, yeah, it's all kinds of X-rated, X-rated odysseys. Stuff. <laughs> that word just stuck out to me, <laughs> especially in relation to all of this. So let, let's talk about the sex work of it because uh, there's mm-hmm. there's the one hand where people are you know are clutching their pearls and saying like, oh my goodness, this is this is you know this shouldn't be allowed. But you have a lot of people who you know, this is their livelihood with so many of these creators being sex workers. Why did they, they move to ban in the first place, Adam? Like what if they deem sexually explicit content when that's pretty much the bulk of, of what's on there? They weren't super clear even when they issued this um, announcement last week and then reversed it uh, and, and all the blowback that ensued. They basically signaled though, that because they were moving into this next phase of business, looking for big financial backing, looking to work with these huge financial partners like banks, they mm. thought that that part of the business was too seedy, essentially. Um, even though, again, we and I keep stressing this, even though in many cases this business is totally legal. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine like J.P. Morgan Chase's OnlyFans activation. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. No, and that's literally what it was. I mean, they said they had banks being like, "We don't want to process these payments. We think this is gross mm. business." And so, you know, OnlyFans announced last week they weren't gonna traffic in this content anymore or allow this content to be sold. But they said they might with some exceptions, right? But they didn't say what those exceptions were going to be. And then, of course, uh, days later, the complete reversal saying like, we've talked to everyone. We've gotten everyone on the same page. We're not going to ban it anymore. Well, Adam, one legitimate, you know, concern that has been brought up um, outside of, you know, what people think about sex work is underage content, illegal underage content that is getting through on uh, this site in particular. So so what have they said in terms of addressing that and regulating that? Yeah. So in recent days, after OnlyFans made this announcement, the BBC came out and said they had been investigating this very issue. They'd heard from moderators who felt like there was a culture internally of leniency toward users who had been found to be basically posting illegal content, including underage content. And then OnlyFans uh, told the BBC, this is not part of our official guidance. These stories you've heard from moderators our terms of service explicitly ban this kind of stuff. And anytime we find that users are doing this, we immediately boot them. And that, you know, in their words, at least, the instances of this are rare. That was People's Adam Carlson. For more on those top stories, head over to people.com. And now, before you go, something to make you smile. Today is National Dog Day. Shout out to my eight-year-old Pekingese Bichon Clooney. I love you. Uh, But to celebrate all of these tail-wagging canines, there's a spectacular pooch that's breaking ground by saving bees. That's right. You heard me. So, of course, they're very important to our ecosystem, but bees have been taking a huge hit with climate change. So, Enter two-year-old Darwin, who is a German short-haired pointer that is the first trained conservation dog that specializes in sniffing bumblebee nests. Here's what his bee-researching pet mom, Jacqueline Staub, told Next9 News about how much she enjoys working with Darwin and why his skills are so important. They're just such a challenge, um, but Darwin is not afraid of a challenge, so he's ready to go, and we're going to find them all. Now, if only he could sniff out tonight's lottery numbers. Hmm, (laughs) just kidding. He's doing great work. Talk to you guys tomorrow.